0: You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. One of my all-time favourite books to read to my kids is Slinky Malinky by Lindley Dodd. Once you start reading books to your kids, it doesn't take long to recognise the ones that are the most fun to read out loud. Lindley Dodd's books, from Harry McClary to Slinky Malinky and beyond, are that. They're fun and they're clever. Of course, I'm not alone in that feeling. Harry McClary has sold over 5 million copies – Dame Linley's contribution to children's literature was formally recognised when she was made a distinguished companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit. And we are so pleased to have her with us today. Hi, Linley, How are you? Hi, it's lovely to be talking to you. Now, you studied fine art and you taught art for five years. Did you ever imagine during that period of your life that picture books would be in your future?
1: Not really, although I had always been very keen on illustrating and I had had one or two jobs to do with with that. But no, I didn't really ever imagine that I was going to be getting into books. I was sort of chased into books by my husband's cousin, Eve Sutton, who wrote My cat likes to hide in boxes um, with me and I didn't really expect to get into books at all at that stage but I had been doing some illustrating for the correspondence school here prior to that and um, she had been talking to me for years about doing a picture book together. So we just decided when I had two small children, I was at home um, looking after
0: them that it might be the right time to... Give it a go. So we did. <laughs> so, um, did you work with her on Harry McClary or was that your just your work?
1: No, that that every book but My Cat Likes to Hide in Boxes was entirely my own. I've written and illustrated ever since the the second book, which was the Nickel Knackle Tree. That was um, a great experience with Eve. We both enjoyed it. It was a first for both of us, and we loved it. But she moved on to writing for older children after that. And um, I just stuck with the picture books because uh, it
0: seemed the right place for me. I mean, I, I it kind of blows my mind that that's how you came to write those books, because writing kids' books, writing them well, is extremely difficult, and you write... So well, it's, it, it well, seems...
1: a terribly kind of you, but if you'd known what agonising times I had <laughs> at the beginning, trying to get things right. My first book on my own was The Nickel Knackle Tree, which is a counting book. I don't know whether you're familiar with it, but if you're not, it has very few words in it. (laughs) And it took me about six months to come up with anything even halfway adequate. So I had never written before. So I just um, decided that I enjoyed being in picture books so much with my illustrating. I thought, gosh, I really would love to be able to write the stories as well and really didn't realize how hard that was going to be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you don't have a, a love for words because it's not just the rhyming, it's the combination of the words and the way you wrap your tongue around them and how evocative they are as well. It, it feels like you're a natural-born writer, Lindley.
1: Well, that's very kind of you. I never thought I was. I mean, it was all art when I was a child and um, I can remember meeting up with a primary school teacher of mine not all all that long ago. I mean, we were both pretty well on in years by that time. (laughs) So perhaps he didn't remember correctly. But I said to him that I couldn't remember ever writing anything of any note when I was a child. And he said, oh, hang on a minute. He said, I can remember some good writing. I think he was imagining it because I don't remember (laughs) it. But yes, words were, have always been a big thing with me all my, all the way through my childhood. Um, we always had lots of fun at home with, with language really and uh, making up silly words and silly names and all sorts of things like that. So yes, I feel very strongly that children should should have lovely language in their books that they can really get their tongues and teeth around, don't you?
0: Oh, yeah. And, and adults, it makes it so much more fun for us. <laughs> of
1: course it does. Yes,
0: it's important. So imagination, obviously, as an artist and, of course, with the stories must come into play. But where does a character like Harry McCleary come from?
1: Well, I did have a friend many years ago who had a small. Actually, I'm afraid it was an Australian Terrier, <laughs> uh, and she um, once told me that Danny had been kept back from obedience class a year because he hadn't been, hadn't been very behaved, hadn't behaved very well. So I, you know, terriers are lovely characters. They're full of beans. They, you know, they think they rule the world and they're rushing about here and there all the time. So I've always had is of various kinds in my mind over the years, and suddenly, I don't even know why Harry McClary popped into my head specifically, but I did a little drawing of him in the late 70s, and it sat in my ideas book for a long time. And um, I suddenly had to write a book in a hurry, in, in replacement for one that I was working on, and my publisher suddenly panicked and said she'd heard of it, one that was nearly the same overseas and I better think of something else and so I had to in a hurry <laughs> Wow, and then yeah. a legend was born Yes, he just happened to fall, a piece of paper fell out of my ideas book, it was literally that and I thought, oh well maybe I shall have a go with,
0: with him Fascinating, <laughs> Never
1: and thinking of course that it would carry on the way it did
0: And, and sell over 5 million copies and continue it's to be actually
1: over, It's Well over 10 now actually. Oh Really? Um, People have been saying 10 for some time, so I've no idea
0: now just what it is. <laughs> a
1: lot. A lot. It's a lot.
0: yeah. With that popularity, of course, and the fact that you started him in the 70s, must mean that you go to talk about your books. There must be people there who are bringing their own children and their own original copies of Harry McClary. What does it feel like to have reached multiple generations of well,
1: kids, I it is. It's absolutely thrilling, and there's nothing more exciting than having a great big strapping chap of about six foot four come <laughs> to the, slightly sheepishly to the, to the signing <laughs> desk with his his much loved copy of the book from his childhood. That is one of the nicest things, really. Um, it is. It's it's very exciting.
0: Now, another of the um, characters that stands out, of course, is uh, Scarface Claw. He sounds like a pretty scary cat. Um, Well, he
1: was based on a family cat we had when I was a child. His name was Squibb. We inherited him from people who left the district. Um, I was brought up in a pine plantation, so we were a very small settlement in a very large forest. And Squibb was the big boss of the neighbourhood, really, and he thought he was pretty smart. He swashbuckled around, telling off all the other cats, and... I've always said that he would have been mortified if they'd known what a drippy cat he was at home. He was a smoochy animal at home. But he was definitely a scar-faced claw. He had scars and he had notches in his ears and he had a stiff leg because he'd been caught in a trap a couple of times. So um, he really was a scar-faced claw.
0: Do you see now, I mean, now that they've been part of your life for so long, do you just look at animals differently now, do you think? Do you see characters everywhere?
1: I always have, really, even as a child, I think. Not in an intense way for sort of future purposes, but I just always thought about animals because they are, they are such characters. If you know them well, you have your own animals at home. They're all different. They've all got their own personalities, and you can tell by the looks on their faces what, they <laughs> what they're thinking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you still have pets now?
1: I did have, up until just the beginning of last year, I had a a Burmese called Suki or Suchi who was a fiendish animal and responsible for several of the Slinky Malinky stories, because the original Slinky Malinky in our family was way back when my children were small. Uh, He was actually not called Slinky Malinky, he was called Wuskit, but he was black and shiny and wicked and got up to all sorts of tricks. So he was responsible for the original Slinky stories, but... Suki rapidly took over uh, when we got her because she started demolishing the Christmas tree and doing all the things that I've written books <laughs> written books about. So our own animals have certainly been very useful.
0: I've got to say, I, I we don't have pets at the moment, but I would love to get a dog uh, and a cat for my children. And if we do, I am certainly coming back to either your books or your life story <laughs> to name them. You have the best names for animals. <laughs> what was it, Wiskit? I get it. Well, it came from
1: Buscat. Uh, it was lacking in imagination, really, that gave him that name. I don't, oh, no, um, that's fabulous. But he ended up spelled W O O S K I T. Buscat. Buscat had to have a cheeky name. He was a very cheeky cat, a lovely cat with a huge personality. We always used to say he was a black Siamese. And my husband, hus- because he came from the SPCA, my husband always referred to him rather disparagingly, although rather fondly. As the standard black SPCA dustbin cat. (laughs) He was a gorgeous cat. He was shiny and beautiful. He wasn't at all a dustbin cat.
0: (laughs) So um, one question I do have about the writing is why is it so important to have rhyme in children's books?
1: It is very important in terms of the sort of singability of the words, but I keep saying to people there has to be a huge warning note with it, which is that unless you can get it absolutely right, it's appalling. Yes, <laughs> you know, crashing rhyme is dreadful. It's an awful lot extra work, of course, to to write in rhyme, and you've got to make it sound as though you tossed it off, you know, yesterday, no problem, which is, of course, far from the truth. So I would always say to people, for heaven's sake, don't write in rhyme unless you can be sure it's going to sound good, because it is so important. But I agree with you. Yes, for children, it's like schoolyard chants, really, isn't it? It's um, they can. It, it, it needs to sound singable. The lines need to sound singable, and they have to scan well. Um, it's no use just having a a rhyming word at the end of the line if it doesn't if the rest of the line doesn't scan nicely with the rest of the work.
0: Yeah, tell us about the Lindley Dodd story. How does it feel to have a, an exhibition like this happening all the way? Oh,
1: it's terrifically exciting. It's a, it's a lovely thing. It, it happens because I have a friend here in Tauranga who's an art curator, uh, exhibition curator, and she was keen way back in two thousand and eleven to have a retrospective. So she had she was the director of the local art gallery at that stage. That's Penny Jackson, and. Um, She had really got together a very nice. Because I haven't got rid of my pictures. I have them
0: all. Thank goodness. (laughs) And and how wonderful for children, especially, to see how original artworks were made. Or, Or you, you prefer to work with paper and ink, don't you? Is that right?
1: Yes, yes, I do. As Penny was saying to me just the other day, the. The difference in colour between a printed picture and the original is often quite, you know, there's quite a big difference and it's nice for children to see that the actual work that was painted.
0: And it sounds like you've probably got a few more stories in your head. <laughs> Would I be right? Is there, Are there any more books yes. in the future?
1: Yes, I have really quite a few. Whether I'll ever get, get them all done, I don't know. I've got a nice, an ideas book absolutely brimming with things that I've picked up and heard of over the years all the silly things that you actually hear people say or you see or little bits, little little snippets in the newspaper which are ridiculous like the one that said that um, penguins fall over backwards in the Antarctic when planes fly overhead <laughs> <And I always laughs> imagined a sort of domino line of the
0: poor things <laughs> all tumbling over together uh, it's not a true story
1: I believe but it's a lovely one.
0: Oh goodness <laughs> I wish I read that in the news well, um, Lindley, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for chatting it's been with us lovely today. Lovely talking to you. Thank you. That's Dame Lindley Dodd. She's a well-renowned author and illustrator of the Harry McClary and Friends book series. And for more information on the Lindley Dodd Story Exhibition, check out the links in the notes of this episode.